Claudine Hemingway is a descendant of famed writer Ernest Hemingway. We bumped into each other at a party and decided to team up and dive deep into French history, but with a twist, by bringing a spotlight to those lesser-known creatives in France. This is History with a Hemingway. Welcome back to Paris History Advocate Hemingway, and today we're talking about more of Claudine's favorite books. We know Claudine is a book extraordinaire. She knows so many wonderful books. This is where she gets all her amazing information from. So now you can be just like Claudine and get your hands on all this great information. You might need to speak some French, maybe, but we'll learn more about that now from Claudine. I think most of these are all in English. So this is this is helpful. Um, and the books that we're going to talk about today are some of my favorites by one of my very favorite authors um, and uh, and a few other ones. But you could find these. Um, you could pretty much find these, you know, on Amazon and some other um, some of his titles. You could definitely find at a lot of bookstores um, in like the travel section. But um, there is one gentleman, he's an Australian, but he lives in Paris. He's lived here for quite a few uh, decades. Um, and he's somebody that's become a good friend of mine. And that is a gentleman named John Baxter. And I know that some of you guys know who he is. Um, I've shared his some of my favorite books of his before in my newsletters and online on um, Instagram and on my website. But he is one of the best uh best resources. Um, his books are fantastic where they kind of, um, they'll talk about Paris, but break it down into little, you know, little stories. Um, so it's really fun books to just pick up and, you know, read all the way through or come back later and read one, you know, a few stories here or there. Uh, but they're really great. So John Baxter is from Australia originally. He spent some time in the U S. Um, and then he ended up coming back and, uh, lived in London for a little bit. And then he met a woman and she was French, came back to Paris and they got married. Um, he has now has an adult daughter um, and he is really fantastic. And he's always working on books. I love meeting with him and, and talking. He has a new book coming out, which I'll tell you about too, but he's written over 40 books. And so when I've sat down and talked to him about some things I'm working on, and then I'm like, well, what do you think about this? And he's like, you know, it just, when it clicks, it clicks. I'm like, seriously, you've written 40 books. You can't give me anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It clicks, like it clicks. Yeah. Just like one little piece of wisdom here, but um, he's fantastic. And any moment I spend with him is, is one of my very favorites. Um, but for some of them and some of his books, you might already know um, but these are the, my ones that are my favorites. And I have all these on my website as well. But one of them is called The Chronicles of Old Paris. It's a fantastic book um, looking at historical figures of uh, France. You have anywhere, anybody from Saint-Denis, the, you know, the saint that, you know, became a saint because his head was chopped off and he walked uh, from Montmartre over to what is now known as Saint-Denis until he fell to his death, finally dropped to the ground. Uh, Ernest Hemingway, of course the opera Garnier and even Notre Dame. Um, the book gives you a short but detailed history on some of the greatest stories of Paris. Um, each chapter is really easy to, um, to read and just they're shorter, but they give you a lot of sub, you know, a lot of um, details on the subject. He is one of the people that I, I know how he researched. And we talk about that all the time because that's sometimes the funnest part of doing any of these things is, is the research. Um, and he really, you know, he really does the research. And so if I'm reading it and he's done it, I pretty much am like, I know this is correct because you don't always get that with all these things. 
people sometimes just wing it. Um, another one that's really great is the Golden Moments of Paris. It's a guide to the 1920s of, uh, in Paris, um, basically going from right after World War One to World War Two, um, and that's really when we had the Lost Generation. So that was the Fitzgeralds and Hemingway and Gertrude Stein, um, where you could live for cheap, you could drink for really cheap, um, and was really the perfect place for the Americans um, escaping the prohibition years. Um, you also have about Matisse versus Picasso. He also has a little thing in there about Henri Landru, who we did a double episode about, our French bluebeard, you remember, that killed all the women in the oven. Yep. Yeah. And he even has a little uh, chapter about the unknown woman of the Seine, that um, she, there was this woman that was found in the Seine. And back then they would, the morgue was right at the end of Ile de la Cité, which is kind of um, right past Notre Dame. And the morgue was there. And it was this, it was like the thing to do where they would put these bodies in the window and people would like line up and walk by every day to be like, oh, let's go see who's in the window today. Gross. Really kind of weird. Um, but there was this woman that was uh, found in the Seine. She died. They still to this day don't know who she is. But here's that something's really weird. They use that face of her that if you have ever taken a CPR class in your life. And, you know, the anatomical Annie, I think is what everybody called her. Because I remember taking the classes and you'd have to say, Annie, are you OK? Are you OK? The face that when you're learning how to do CPR and you're blowing into her mouth is the face of the woman they found in the sun. What? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That's really wild. That's it's very, very wild. Yeah. So that's really, and it's, it's literally like that around the world. Gosh, that's wild. Wow. Yeah, very strange. Um, he did another one called Eating Eternity, Food, Art, and Literature in France. Um, it's really fantastic. He is also a f- amazing chef. I've been lucky enough um, to have his cooking many times. And now I always request he does some favorite things. So when we get together for lunch. I was like, can you make that salad again? <laughs> Um, but he's a really great um, chef and he has done quite a few books and it breaks down um, about food, um, cheeses, what, you know, the different cheeses for the different times of the year, the best ones, the wine, and basically how food um, is incorporated in art and literature in France. Um, he had a chapter about absinthe, the green fairy, uh, that, you know, the, li- the liqueur that drove Oscar Wilde mad um, and has been painted by Degas and Manet and everybody uh, it's pretty, it's another really great one. I love that one. When I first found him, I found John because I found this book at a bookstore and it was called Cooking for Claudine. And I was like, what? I got to have this. I don't even know what it's about <laughs> because <laughs> my name is not very common. And I see this book and I was like, oh my gosh. And so I read it and then I loved it. And then I was like, what other books of his are there? And then I looked one day on his website and saw that he did these literary tours. And so I reached out to him and did this tour with him. And then we've become friends. But the book Cooking for Claudine, it's been redone. Um, it's a old. It's like, I think it's like from 2011. I don't, again, everything's 2011. But he, um, they republished it under a different name, which I think is called the Immovable Feast. But Claudine is the name of his mother-in-law. So I call her the, so whenever I talk, she's in her night, late 90s now. So I always say, how's the original Claudine? <laughs> That's so cute, though. I love that. I know. I know she was a she was a professor at the Sorbonne. Wow, that's really yeah. 
It's really cool. Um, but that's how we found I found him. Um, a book that he did, another one that's called A Year in Paris, uh, season by season in the city of light. And it's really interesting, has all these different stories about the seasons and the different things of the year, like when they closed down the Champs-Élysées and the farmers covered it with wheat. Um, there's ones that, there's a story in there about the revolutionary calendar when it was a 10 day, 10 day week. Um, it's really, it's a really great book. Um, and they're all really done. They, they have like the great pages where it's the deckled pages on the edge, you know, so it's all, it's not like a straight, you know, cut of paper. It just feels like they're these really old books. Um, yeah, yeah. they're really, yeah, I love those. Um, but another one that's really fun, if you're coming to Paris, and even if you just like download this and have it on your Kindle, it's a great thing to have while you're here. Um, he did three books about the, it's called The Three Great Neighborhoods. He did one about Saint-Germain-des-Prés, one about um, Montmartre, and then one about Montparnasse. And it's great because these each of these books um, have stories about the famous people that lived in those areas. Um, you should definitely read that one about Montmartre. Um, sure. But it, they're really great. Um, they they just have so much information and little stories. Some of the stories you might have read in some of the other books as well are the same, you know, because it's like if you've got Hemingway in one and you have them in uh, other ones, you know, some of that stuff is, uh, you know, you, some of that stuff kind of um, floats between them. Uh, but they are really great. I I mean, I would even use those almost as guidebooks as things. If you're staying in one of those areas, get that book, download it, you know, read it on the plane on your way over. Um, it's a really fun, uh, it's a really fun way to do it. Um, his one of his his most famous book, though, is called the one it's called The Most Beautiful Walk in Paris. Um, and it's absolutely amazing. And it's just basically it's just that it's like all these different walks and going through Paris and all the different things you see. And he's he's really a fantastic storyteller with the way that he tells these stories and really brings it to life. Um, that's one that I really love. And then he has a new one coming out that's coming out in the next month or so. And it's called of the love of, pa of love in Paris. And, uh, I don't know, a couple of year and a half ago or so we were talking and, you know, I'm always like, what are you working on? And he said, he told me he's reading, writing this book about famous lovers, um, of Paris. And then I said, well, who's going to be in it? And then, you know, he was telling me, and it's kind of not all people like there's Napoleon and Josephine, but it's not all these famous people everybody knows so he's like well do you have any ideas and so i gave him a few and so he's he's added some of those some of the more obscure ones that are the really great stories but not ones that everybody knows um and he that's what he and i love to share so that comes out anytime now and then he's going to do an ex uh, event at shakespeare and company sometime in october wow you gotta go yeah, so I'm definitely going to be there. He, you know, I'll probably walk, you know, we we don't live very far apart. So I'll go over and we'll head on over there to go see that. Um, but you could find that it says it's either like it says something say September 1st that the book comes out some places say October 1st. Um, but uh, it'll be soon. I checked on uh, Shakespeare and Company and they don't have anything listed for it yet. But all of his books are good. He actually writes a bunch of books about um as he was actually in, you know, the business of, you know, with uh, screenplays and and everything. He he's like the stories he tells me are just uh, I love all of them. But he's also written a bunch of um, biographies about. Um, he just his latest one was by Charles about Charles Boyer. Boyer. He's done ones about Spielberg and Lucas and Woody Allen and. Um, 
Fellini, some other really, really cool books. Um, so I got the, he gave me his George Lucas one for my mom as a total was, you know, big Star Wars nerd. <laughs> <laughs> well, the old Star Wars, I don't know, like all the other ones. Um, but another favorite author that I love his books um, is by David Downey. And he wrote two different books that are great. And I picked these up and flipped through them all the time. One of them is called Perry Perry Journey into the City of Light. Again, it's all these, it's like each chapter is kind of a different, um, it's kind of a different little story about Paris. But one of my favorite ones, and I reference it all the time when I give tours, is the paragraph or the chapter that he did. It's all about the Jardin de Luxembourg. And he went there one day and he got there when it opened and he stayed until it closed. So it opens right after sunrise and it closes before sunset. So depending on the time of the year, you know, it could be 1030 at night or it could be 415 at night, which what? is you know, coming up in the winter. So it uh, but he did this and it's fascinating because he said by the end of it, he could figure out by the way people walked, which of the Luxembourg chairs they'd go to, because there's three kinds of chairs. There's the straight back one. There's a straight back with arms. And then there's the recliner one that leans way back. And he said, by the end of the day, he could pick him out like hundred percent accuracy. Like that looks like a straight back. That looks like a reclining chair. And I've, sometimes I've taken people in there. I've had um, a group of people that tested out all three and decided which one was their favorite. That's so funny. And it's funny you used to have to pay for them based on comfort. Yeah, you that long time ago you used to actually pay have to pay for them. And they were not, I mean, I have pictures that my grandparents took of those chairs that you had to pay for, and they were not good chairs. They were not the chairs you have today. They were like these spindly wiry things. Yeah, yeah. They didn't even look that great. <laughs> No, they did it. But now, you know, they maybe they should charge for them because it's funny because you go on there, especially lately when it's been really nice out. Um, there's people that is one person and they've got four or five chairs because they have one they put their feet on, one they put their bag on, one they put their lunch on. And it's like, OK, you need maybe two chairs max. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But I like all the I like all the combinations. <laughs> I do. And nothing's better than a Luxembourg chair by the, you know, the Fontaine de Medici with a book on a beautiful, warm day. It's like the best thing to do. Um, the other one that he wrote is he wrote this other great book called The Passion for Paris, Romanticism and Romance in the City of Light. This is one of my favorite periods. We've done multiple episodes of the, about the romantic movement at that period in, in Paris and in France. This one has all these great stories about, you know, there's the stories about Char Delacroix and Baudelaire and the love triangle of Victor Hugo. Um, really great. I Those two books, his two books, I reference and pick up and read little things out of it all the time. I absolutely love them. Um, but it is, there's so many really great ones um, that you could find. John has other ones that he's also done. Uh, Paris at the end of the world is all about the time during World War One. Um, I some already mentioned the cooking for Claudine. There's the one that's five nights in Paris. It's basically focused on five different neighborhoods. Um, and all of those are, you know, there's just so many of them that are really great. And, you know, you can find all of these on Amazon. Um, when you come to Paris, there's a couple places if you want English books. 
Of course, there's Shakespeare and Company. Um, there's also the Red Wheelbarrow that's on uh, Rue de Medicis, right across from the Jardin de Luxembourg. Um, another place that I love is the San Francisco Book Company. It's a tiny little shop that's in the Odeon area. And all of these bookstores are basically in Saint-Germain, Odeon. Shakespeare and Company is down across from Notre Dame, but on the left bank. But Shakespeare, uh, San Francisco book company is small and it's all used books. And so I recently went in there and found the exhibition catalog of something that was at the Musee Milo years ago. And I mean, it was not, it was not uh, cheap, <laughs> but I was so excited that I actually found it um, because it's all about the exhibit they did. Um, it's called Vingt-et-un uh, uh, um, Rue de la Boite. And it's about the exhibition they did um, of the art from Paul Rosenberg, his gallery um, that was a lot of it was looted by the Nazis. And so they had a bunch of things the exhibit of paintings that were that have been stolen by the Nazis. And so when I saw that book, I was like literally gasped and had to get it. But those are the places you can find some really cool things. Um, there's the Abbey Bookstore that's also um, in between going between there and Shakespeare Company. The Abbey Bookstore is another English one. And that's one of those ones that just, you know, roll up your sleeves and start digging and looking through that you could find some pretty great things. Um, you know, in the U.S. in Portland, Oregon, um, there's the amazing Powell's Bookstore, which you could find a lot of these books in it as well. Maybe some of them were the ones I once owned. <laughs> but um, there's so many really cool places. And as far as French books, um, if you're looking, you know, there's the the Monuments of Paris uh, bookstore that's at the Hotel du Soleil, really, you know, right next to Place des Vosges. Um, there's the Pieton uh, bookstore, which is tiny, and it's right on the edge of the uh, right bank, right across from Ile Saint-Louis. They have amazing books all about Paris. Again, they're all going to be in French. And then, of course, you know, if you go to the Louvre and the Orsay, both of them have um, double gift shops. One gift shop um, has kind of the trinkets and things, and then the other one has books. And those usually have a small section of um, English books. Right now, the Louvre, when you get up to the top of the escalator where the bookstore is, is a huge island in the middle, and it's all books in English. And it's, you know, some of them are art books, some are history books. Um, so you can find those if you, you know, really want to get brave. Um, and it's something that if you really want to research and know more about, and it's more obscure, you got to find it in French. Um, and then, you know, you could always use your Google, Google translate on your phone and point the camera at it and take a picture and it translates it for you. But there's lots of great places. Of course, there's the Bucanese which are right now everybody's talking about because the city of Paris is going to take them down during the Olympics. Um, and people are really up in arms about this, but um, I really doubt the Bucanese would be working on that time anyway, because it's going to be madhouse. Um, and the opening ceremonies goes down the Seine. And if you've walked down the Seine, when those are there, you can't see the water. So, and there's going to be, you know, hundreds of thousands of people here. They are protected by UNESCO. Um, and so they will be put back after those few weeks of the Olympics. But everybody's pretty upset about those right now. But you can, you know, sometimes you can find some really great books. Sometimes you can find some in English at those places. I would say probably half of those Bucanese now are just filled with, you know, trinkets. 
you know, and they're not supposed to, they're still supposed to sell like 80% books, but some of them are just basically, you know, keychains and, and people selling locks um, and magnets, but you still can find some really um, great things, but have no fear. They will come back. They might just come down for the Olympics. Yeah. And I think that's a good idea. Cause like you said, it's going to be so many people, it's going to be a lot of things going on and we don't want to destroy them. So it'd be nice to bring them back after, and I think it's just fun to go in bookstores in general, just looking around. That's part of the fun. The whole experience is the journey of paging through. And there's so many great bookstores in Paris. There's so many. I mean, especially, you know, French ones. There's so many of those. I mean, just on Rue de Lodion, there's a there's three of them. Um, Rue de Lodion is kind of basically, you know, the the epicenter of literary Paris at one point in time um, and where the original the second version of the original original and best version of Shakespeare Company was. Um, but, uh, you know, you can go in there and, and find some great things. And and sometimes, you know, I've had people, I've had clients that just want to buy a book that's in French from a used bookstore just to have on their, have on their shelf as a nice little reminder. And you, you could sometimes pick those up for like a year or two. So it's kind of fun, fun little reminders of where you are here, you know, start a little bookshelf. If you come every year, come buy a different book and save it and date the inside. Good little souvenir. Make sure you head over to ClaudineHemingway.com to learn more, to check out links to these books, to hire her for a tour and join her on her Patreon to go for live walks around Paris via internet. So you don't even have to be in Paris to visit. There's so much going on. And make sure you guys tune in next week. Thanks for listening today, guys. If you're interested in learning more about Claudine, her tours, history, and the beautiful photographs that she posts all over Instagram, tune into her website, claudinehemingway.com.